Welcome to Mind Your Autistic Brain. I have an incredible guest. I have been so excited. This has just been like, I, I have been giddy leading up to this. I have Shalise Hurd from the Autistic Travel Goddess with us today. She is going to be giving us tips and insights for traveling as an autistic person, ways that we can help mitigate some of that traveling overwhelm, because as we move into the holidays, that is some of the biggest challenges that I know I have faced. Hi, I'm Carol Jean, founder and host of Mind Your Autistic Brain, and you're about to experience the new way to thrive in life and relationships as a late identified autistic by unveiling who you are, what you love, finding your balance, and being the leader and creator of your best life. Get ready because this is where we go against the mainstream say no to outdated society norms, and we say yes to who we are in order to create a joyful, balanced, and more neurodistinct world. Welcome to Mind Your Autistic Brain. Shalise, oh my gosh, is this always like the thing that you have started to tackle and you've got some great solutions, I know. Right. <laughs> well, I am so excited you are here. She is truly a goddess. I mean, guys, she is amazing. <laughs> I cannot wait to dive into this. So, Shalise, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, how did you learn you were autistic? How did this show up in your world? Um, I was diagnosed with severe autism when I was two years old. I was diagnosed. Um, I did not speak until I was five years old. I was nonverbal. And um, throughout my childhood, elementary school, all the way until high school, I was in some form of special ed classes, whether it be, you know, I was in middle school and I was in full special ed. But then as, you know, I progressed into middle school, I started having only partial special ed classes and inclusion. But the biggest thing that, you know, made me realize I was autistic was I got older in high school and I was being bullied a lot and being told I was different and no one wanted to be my friend. And, you know, people just kind of excluded me. And <clears throat> I never could understand like why I was always, you know, treated like I was different. And it made me realize, you know, that maybe I am, something is different about me. Maybe I am autistic. And, you know, maybe, because for the longest time I, did, I was in denial about being autistic because, you know, I got good grades in school. So I thought I can't be autistic because I'm getting good grades in school. You're but, not alone. So many people have been through that same thought process. Thank you for sharing right. that. But then the social problems that I've had, the social anxieties, the social struggles that I've had, you know, made me come to the painful realization what hit me the hardest though was when I had a classmate who regularly targeted me. She actually outright said to me that she could tell something was different about me. And that's when it hit me. You know what? I want to say that she was right. There is something different about you. You are spectacularly yes. different. Yeah. And it is such an incredible blessing. And I'm so glad you're different. I am. I couldn't imagine if you weren't you. I know. <laughs> And the thing is, you know, I spent all this time thinking that being different was bad. And it made me obsessed with trying to find the good and being autistic. I was really obsessed with like trying to find the gifts, find out what my advantages were just because I was getting all of these messages that somehow I was broken, I was wrong, you know, I was defective, something like that. And so it just made me obsessed with like, okay, you know, let me learn about what gifts we have, what it, what advantages we have, what um, my talents are, what my special interests are. And so I became... <sighs> obsessed oh. with like creating you know finding autistic people to network with and meeting people like me and actually starting a group 
in high school and in college for autistic people. It became oh my, my gosh. To like I find all the good things about us. <laughs> I love that. I think that that is probably just the most incredible way to have approached that feeling of that everybody on the external like we all got that you know and for those of us who are late identified not knowing that we were autistic and getting those messages of there's something wrong with you you're broken you know right. something, you're weird it right. and not realizing that you know you can look for the positive man that is outstanding so if you right. had to pick like from your list because i know you got like a really good list <laughs> if you had to pick from your list of like this is like the rocking best thing about being me as an autistic person. This is it. So, you know, I was always told that I was weird for repeating myself about Russia and, you know, being, you know, African-American. A lot of kids thought that I was weird for wanting to learn Russian and being really obsessed with the country of Russia and all these, you know, like Arctic countries and Antarctica. But you know what? I turned that around into something positive because guess what I learned about myself? Because what? of my special interest with maps and geography, I learned that I had a savant ability to tell where I am, you know, when I'm on an airplane, I could fly over somewhere and be able to tell where I'm at. Oh, that is so Without cool. looking at the little, like, screen that they have. You're better than Google. Like, come get in the car with me, please. <laughs> that is so <laughs> awesome. Oh, my gosh. I, like, I love fly, that. I flown cross-country, and I was able to always tell, like, where we were flying over just based on what it looked like, you know. Oh, that is so cool. Lands and, you know, like, the rivers and just the geographical properties and you know that interest you know the fact that people thought that it was weird that I had such a deep interest like that and that I took it as an advantage that I'm different and you know I ended up taking Russian when I was in college and I've ended up studying you know different things about the Arctic and Antarctica you know like the nutrition out there in the Arctic countries but you know it made me explore things that you know a lot of people don't think about and it made me have you know something else to be well-rounded about oh. and it also gives me a lot of conversation points too like it's different it's something that most people don't think about totally it's not and that's what's so cool I love that because every time you and I chat every time we do something there's always <laughs> something fun that you share and I love love that about you <laughs> so when 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 you started these groups in in high school and in college mm -hmm. and you know when you brought these uh, other autistic people together did you ask them the same thing? You're just like, hey, what's what do you think is super cool about you? I mean, did you help other people flip that script? I did. Like, um, I actually made, like I was telling you earlier, I made a lot of friends with, you know, a lot of autistic people, um, mostly males, because a lot of girls, you know, there wasn't a lot out there to diagnose women with autism. And so it was mostly guys I was, you know, hanging out with and in the groups with. And I often ask them, I'm like, well, what is it about you that makes you stand out? What's different about you? Um, what is this, you know, special gift that you have? And, you know, many of them, you know, mentioned their personality and they've told me too that like my inquisitiveness and, you know, my confidence has helped them to find their confidence. Oh, you know, that's one of the things that I think, like our friend Maisie introduced us. And I think that was the thing that just, thank you, Maisie. Thank you, Maisie. Thank you. I love you. <laughs> But that, I do too, she's so amazing. But that was like one of the things when we first met and, and was in when we did that panel for her uh, Career Pathways course. And I was just like, 
I like her. Like, I was immediately drawn to you. You just have this incredible presence that is so welcoming. It's so open. And you are just like always so full. You have the best smile. You are always interesting and you connect with people so well. And I was just like, that's my person. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like immediately on Instagram, like tracking you down. And I was like, I couldn't find you for the longest time because I was, I I wasn't, I have spelling problems. (laughs) I didn't have, I wasn't, I I wasn't spelling correctly when I was searching and I was like, it kept my, the bane of my existence is Google autocorrect keyboard. Spelling actually, one of my gifts actually, like I had the opposite thing with spelling. Well, I can spell really well, but um, when it comes to Google. Oh my God. And if I ever have a typo for some reason, sometimes it accidentally saves it. And so then it comes up wrong all the time. So then I have to figure out how to fix it. That happened because like my phone has the autocorrect, and sometimes if I like make a typo, it still shows up as a typo, and I'm just like, "Why did you do that?" <laughs> it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. So like I went two or three times, and it kept coming, and I was like, "What the heck? I know that's what I know that's what she told me. I know that's right." So finally, I like I backtracked myself. I'm like, "Okay, I know she got. I know she's on Facebook. So <laughs> Facebook that I found." <laughs> Look, there's always more than one way to skin that cat. Yeah, there is. There's always one more than one way. That's how we that have is, one here, right? I know it. So, Shalise, tell me, like, you have this incredible passion for travel. Like, you have this beautiful, adventurous spirit, which I so love. I so love it. Yeah. You, you are fearless. You are interested, and you want to go try new things and go to new places. And, you know, a lot of us... And that's one of the things that sometimes is misunderstood about people who are autistic is they're like, oh, you know, you're you're not adventurous. You don't like to do things that are out of your routine. I'm like, my ADHD autistic brain is constantly seeking some new stimulation. I always want to go travel and do stuff. Yeah. Like a lot of people don't expect that of me because they think of me as kind of, you know, it goes back to that infantilization of people with autism. Yeah. Like a lot of people think that, you know, I'm this kind of innocent infantile child-like person who doesn't travel but it surprises them that I have traveled so much oh you have like an amazing travel portfolio I cannot wait for you to write your travel guide it's going to be amazing my adventurous spirit I gotta blame my dad for that (laughs) I I blame him because see I grew up in a military family where um, we moved around a lot and so that also gave me the thirst to want to see the world that gave me this like excitement to you know see and live in different places and you know like even when we were sitting at home or whatever my dad he always would make it a point to take us somewhere even if it was the park or you know a movie or something like that but we always knew we can count on dad to want to take us somewhere because he loves road trips and he also likes maps just like I do like every time we go on a family planet we would get a map at the rest stops and just look at the map it is so fun it is so fun I love it (laughs) I'm a map girl. I, I love cartography, so I'm totally with you on that one. I used to um, watch me some National Geographic and Discovery Channel, and I loved all the geographical shows that they had. And I even, one year, my parents gifted me some encyclopedias from National Geographic and the Geographic Encyclopedias, and I would just sit and devour them. Every time I would go home, come home from school, I could not wait to come home so I can go home and just like devour those encyclopedias. Oh my gosh. So much so that I love it. Year, I was so like, I had a special interest for Hawaii one year, right? And I was so like obsessed with Hawaii. I actually went to the library at school and got some books on Hawaii. I tried to wear like the lei and the flowers, you know, that they had. And 
I even got so into it that I created my own imaginary island. Like I got the paper, <gasps> came up with the capital city and how much population it would have. And I just came out with that just because it was such a special interest of mine. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. That is Every awesome. year I would have a new interest, like, you know, a new geographical location as my special interest. That's kind of how I marked the memories of my life. Cause like every year I think about what my interest was, you know, what place I was obsessed with that year. Oh man, that is so beautiful. I love that. And you know, you make a really good point here. Cause you know, sometimes it's like, you know, with everything that's happened in the last two years, travel wasn't necessarily the easiest thing in the world. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things that like for me, I can travel anywhere in my own head. Like that is one of the things that I love. And like you, it was so funny when I was, um, I think I was probably like in second or third grade, the world book encyclopedia salesman came knocking on my door. Cause you know, I'm 47. So that's, you know, I, back in the eighties. <laughs> And it came to the, our house, and I remember when they started showing up, because my parents bought them. And every time we got a new edition, we got a new volume, I would pour through it, and the pictures, they were full color, and I was looking at all the different places in the world, and that was one of the things I was drawn to, was, you know, all the different places that I could go. And I remember sitting there, and there was this one particular place when I was reading, and it was about Sweden. And I just remember reading through it and I just remember taking those pictures and I would just visualize myself there and, you know, and was reading through all the different festivals and stuff. And it was just one of the most amazing things because even though I wasn't able to go there in person, I remembered like I traveled there in my mind, you know, and it was just, it was such a great experience for me to be able to do that. <laughs> I love it. And that you created your own island. Like, seriously, we, we, like, that could be a kid's book. That would be so much fun. Oh, yeah. Like, that island, it was just like, yeah, I'm determined I'm going to create my own island. And I called it Land Palanac at the time. Yes, I, did. I, still remember I love name. it. I love it. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So we're going to get our hairless skirts out. We're going to go. And it's just, you know, when I read about, like, recently, I was looking at cruises to Antarctica, right? And I started seeing these different islands along the, you know, Antarctic Peninsula. Mm -hmm. And it's just really fascinating to me that people buy these islands and they just like name them and they create them and put the electricity and make them habitable. It's just like the idea of buying an island is just really fascinating to me. Oh, totally. <laughs> I remember reading a book about, you know, um, how to create your own country, you know, that I can't remember who yeah. the guy was. He wrote a whole book about it. And it's like, I think I've heard of that book actually. Yeah. And like, you, you know, it was like off the grid and he figured out how to do the power with the solar and, and hydraulic and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Which Isle of Egg in the Hebrides is the coolest place in the world. They have generated their own power. They're completely self-sufficient. And they're one of the only places in the whole world that's a destination place to go learn about alternative energy sources because they have hydraulic, wind, and solar. And they have taught all of the residents on the Isle of Egg, and it's E-I-G-G, -G, and they have the coolest Facebook group, oh. and I'm a member of it because I'm so fascinated. I want to go so bad. And they switch, depending on the season, they switch between which type of um, solar or hydraulic okay. or wind power, and all of the residents are trained to maintain all of the infrastructure, and they all take turns. It's all voluntary. It is super cool. Oh, my word. 
See, we have a place we need to go visit now. Now, I, that's on my bucket list now. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally on mine. Like, I want to go to the Channel Islands and the Hebrides. And, you know, we've got some people in our group from Guernsey and, and a couple people from um, some of the other Channel Islands. Uh, I think we've got somebody from the Isle of Wight. It's so cool. I just, I'm like, I just want to, like, go on a whole tour and go visit everybody. <laughs> it would be so yeah. much fun. Okay. So, Shalise, we got to get into the meat and potatoes of this episode for everybody. All right, so traveling can be exciting and it is so much fun. And just like sometimes just the preparation is the best part because you get really excited about it. Sometimes the reality of like when you get into a crowded airport, your flight gets canceled or delayed and, you know, they lose your baggage and all that stuff. Oh my God. Normally people are just like, they're already stressed, but you try and tell mm. an autistic person and this happens to us and it can just like mm. completely short circuit mm. your entire trip. So what are some things that you've learned that really are a great way to help us <laughs> travel with less stress? So I have learned that when it comes to travel, you know, honestly, me personally, planning the trip tends to be the most fun. I guess because the reality hasn't set in of all of that stressors that come on. But one of the things that I've learned is never, you know, to always be flexible and, you know, to get out of this mindset that everything has to be fixed and, you know, at the exact same time. I've had travel has taught me to get out of that because it never happens in travel. You know, you think your flight is going to leave at 10 and it's more than likely going to leave at 11 or, more, or later. Yes. So I've had to learn not to trust times always be flexible like always expect at least a two-hour delay yeah so buffer some time in yes. to arrive a little bit early and also Never trust time. Time. <laughs> true that is so true especially with international travel you know Shalice, yes. maybe maybe you've had this experience too when i learned that things never work and go exactly as scheduled like it, there is it is Amen. not a timetable like that what right. i found is when i let go of that and i just go with the flow and i'm just like whatever it is it's going to work out the most amazing things happen right like stuff i could never have thought of or predicted right. like i ended up on a train we were late had missed it we were going from rabat to marrakesh we we're in morocco and uh -huh. We missed, you know, that first train, something had happened. We got on it. We ended up sitting with a guy from the uh, tourist industry for this, for the country of Morocco. He started talking to us. We ended up with like the most incredible experience when we got to Marrakesh that we never would have had if we had not gotten on that particular train. Oh, my word. So like, seriously, stuff happened like that to you when, you know, when yeah. you're just open to it? Exactly. Like one time I um, had missed a connecting flight, my original connecting flight. And so I had to take like a third leg to get to my final destination to Vancouver. And I ended up meeting a new friend. Oh, I love that it. I later ended up dating. Oh, even yeah. better. <laughs> and so it's like, that never would have happened if I was so fixated on, oh, it has to be this specific leg. Like I have to have this exact time for yes. this. So I love it. So the number one tip moving into traveling and getting ready for traveling in the holidays is that do not be so rigid or strict with your time. Go ahead and have set the expectation that most things are not going to happen on time. And by being open to that, you're going to reduce your level of stress, right? Absolutely. And I find too that I get really stressed out and have meltdowns if 
I'm attached to a specific time frame. But when I let that go, then I don't have as many, I don't have stress when I let that go. Like I just have more, I'm more at ease. As long no, as I'm that is a really so good. So good. Yes. It really is. Because like, I'm like you, I was like, I can, I hold the stress in my body and, and that results right. just, when it doesn't go to plan, it's just like meltdown city. And I'm just like freaking out. And it's just yeah. like, really like, I have to make it all happen. Because if it doesn't happen at that time, you know, for some reason, it's, it used to be in the back of my mind, like everything was going to fall apart if it didn't happen at that time. And I had to start trusting that it doesn't have to happen at a certain time. It's still all going to work out. Right. And sometimes it works out for the better because I ended up, you know, having that layover in Denver that I never would have had, having the time of my life and, you know, getting to knock one state off of my bucket list. Oh, that that's place. awesome. And that Denver airport is big. Oh my gosh, yes. it's big. It's huge. And the way the setup of it is really interesting, the way it's like kind of a square setup. It is. And you know what's really neat? Um, the Denver Airport has some of the most incredible art and they actually have an art gallery yeah. and a curator. It's very oh, cool. Yeah. I love the Denver Airport. And, no, and that's one of the things I never would have known or checked out if I hadn't have just been a little bit flexible and gotten out of my comfort zone and looked around. Like that's a big thing, right? right. Just to stop and look around at where you are in your environment. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Explore. <laughs> so number one you say like, be flexible with time so what would be your, your second tip on traveling for all of us so um this is gonna sound so 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 petty or so trivial but print things out you know like the boarding pass um your hotel accommodations and the reason I say that is because like if you're on your phone and you're trying to look things up or try to get you know your confirmation codes and whatnot, it can get stressful if the internet decides it does not want to work. Yes. So I find it helpful to print stuff out. So that way you can skip checkout lines and you know you can have the confirmation numbers and you know codes and stuff like that on you. Oh, I love it. That is so good. <laughs> so I'm gonna add to that one because not only do I print everything out, I also screenshot everything. Me too, just in case and the I internet. Say, yes, just in case I can't get on the internet, just in case something happens. And the other thing is I make sure that I save it all to my drive. So even if I can't, something happens to my phone, I can still go access it from someplace else. And I make sure I've got my backup codes because, you know, if you're a Google user, they don't just let you in from another device. And I've got my, lap, my laptop as well, which I know me, I tend to not be very good about keeping my phone charged executive function so that's why i print stuff out for that reason because yes. i tend to think that my phone is charged enough and then it's not so yes that happens or you get in a delay somehow and you think you're gonna have time to plug your phone in and you're at the airport and you know not all airports have lots of plugs and so then you and 300 other people are trying to charge their phone amen i've had that happen to me too me too. I I'm speaking from experience. And you're like, oh, my 1%. Can I just bump in here for a second? And it's like, it is like the highest cost real estate. And if somebody has staked it out, and it, it's usually like the person that is playing on their phone while they're charging it, and they're not like going to charge it just enough to let somebody else also charge theirs. Oh, no, we're going to charge it till it's 100%. <laughs> yeah, that's like, come on now. You don't see this line. So, you know, one of the best things that I've 
I purchased to have like, and I want to know what your, your thoughts are for like travel Ooh. accessories. One of the things I, par- I purchased and I keep charged, I have two of them, are backup mm-hmm. battery, battery packs to charge my phone. Like I even have this cool, it's like a little zip pocket purse and it's got one of the batteries in it and I charge it completely and it's got not just a, a USB cord, it also has the Apple cord. So I, if you know somebody else needs one, I can be a kind person and be a good helper and let somebody charge their phone. But having one of those uh, backup battery packs that you can charge your phone on was a great accessory. What are some accessories that you like to use and travel with? Oh, me? I actually have a wireless charger that, you know, I, you know, make sure that that's charged up before I go on the road just in case the outlets are taken up. And so I keep that fully loaded. So in case I want to charge my phone, I'll like put it on the wireless charger and it charges that way. And another thing that I love to travel with is, um, of course, I got to have my water bottle with me. I always have my water. And I always have my packs of tuna fish with me in case I don't want to eat airport food. Oh, that's a really good one. I'm the same way. I travel with my own snacks. Yes, I have to have my own snacks because I don't like the airport selections. And not to mention- it's always so expensive. They're exorbitant. So like I go to Walmart or, you know, Target and I get my tuna packs for a dollar. Okay, so I I, I learned the hard way one time. Went to the airport. Of course, I had my little snacks and all my stuff. And because some of it wasn't exactly up to TSA codes, I had to throw it away. Mm. Was it um, liquid items? Uh, it was, It well, yeah, one was like a small drink and it was sealed, but it was too big. It was over, oh, I think it was yeah. over 16 ounces or something like that. And they Let only me... sell those small sizes at the airport yeah. for like six bucks a bottle. You know what I learned? Um, something interesting that I have experienced myself is like if you make your home cooked meals, if you decide you want to make your own home cooked meals just to have that, you know, level of comfort, something to yeah. eat, you can actually take dry food, you know, things like vegetables or um, chicken or meat or whatever. You can actually take food with you from the TSA, but they won't let you take liquids. Mm. Like, even, okay. if sealed, even if it's sealed, like they don't like you to bring outside liquids because right. yeah so those do you get like those little uh flat packs of the tuna where you can just rip yeah. the top okay because they're, they're flat too because you can pack yeah, them yeah i don't get the cans just because i don't want to have to carry around the can opener plus i don't even know if that's allowed but yeah. the little packs are easy you know get your spoon and then you just eat out of it or you pour it over a salad or something and they're just easy i love it <laughs> oh that is really good so pack your own snacks Get your accessories like your wireless or your battery pack charger. Make sure you've got those things. Have stuff printed out. So what what would be your next tip? Like something that you were like, okay, as an autistic person, this has probably made the biggest difference in my life. So um, always have someone that you can tell that you're traveling with. Um, You know, be it a close friend, a family member, you know, someone that you trust. Always tell them your whereabouts, your um, itinerary, and... um, you know, keep them updated throughout the trip as well. Like mm-hmm. that's something that has helped me out a lot because knowing that I have that support system, you know, helps me in the event that something does go awry. You know, I think that was like one of the things I was thinking about. And I, I know that you probably have some insights into this. So right. traveling as a single female can be a little scary 
I mean, I've come into some situations where I'm just like, ooh, I kind of feel a little bit uncomfortable and out on my own on this one and, you know, yeah. really having to be aware of your surroundings. And that's Absolutely. not something I do very easily sometimes. I had to learn to become aware and to look Me for too. something. Yeah. So what are some suggestions? How have you found like a really good way to feel safe and to stay safe when you're traveling by yourself? Um, you know what? First of all, like this seems obvious to some people, but I don't like to go out by myself at night. Yeah. Unless, you know, it's a public or, you know, there's a crowd. Like the only time I like to be in crowds, because I hate crowds, yeah. is if, if I happen to be out at night, that's the only time I don't mind crowds because then I feel safer in that situation. Yeah. Um, other than that, I try to do my solo activities during the day. And I've actually, you know, because I'm by myself a lot and I do solo traveling, it actually got me in touch with my intuition, you know, me keeping in touch with who I am and knowing when I don't feel comfortable around something. Like I've actually had more of an opportunity to learn how I feel when something is uncomfortable. And I trust Oh, that that's feeling. huge. Yes, that's huge. Like huge. anytime I get that feeling, I don't question it. I just trust it and move accordingly. <laughs> Thank you. That was one. And you know, that's a really big part of sort of the reclamation of ourselves for those of us who are late identified is that yep. we have suppressed and pushed down and not trust in our own tuition because we, we begun mm. to doubt it because other people are like, well, why did you do that? You know, and you're like, well, because I <laughs> felt that way. And that's how I, and they're like, no, that's wrong. But really, you know, what we start to do is start to feel like, I don't know about you, but it's like, I was in Paris by myself. This is like when they had first opened the channel, man, I am so dating myself. I am really dating myself. <laughs> they had just opened the Eurostar and I was living in London going to school that summer. And I got a ticket and I was so excited. Well, I didn't really know anybody that had gone with me to do the semester abroad. So I went by myself. Now I was meeting some of my friends that you know lived in Europe afterward, but I had to go to Paris by myself. I couldn't get through to get, this is back before cell phones and all the good easy internet stuff guys, okay? So I'm like, I was in analog time. So I had to call to make hotel reservations and things and I couldn't get through to anybody. And the hotel that I did get to, they were completely booked. So I just took a leap of faith and I said, I'm gonna get on the train, I'm gonna get on the channel on the Eurostar and I'm gonna go by myself and I'm just gonna show up in the Gare du Nord, which is you know the North train station and that's where it comes into Paris. And I'm just gonna find a hotel. And it was starting to get dark, but it was summer. So it was like 8, 30, 9 o'clock, but there was still a little bit of light. And I just happened upon, I went to the first one and it didn't feel right, you know, and I walked into the second one and it was like, the desk clerk was really nice. It was really felt really good. I ended up in the coolest room. It was like at the top of the stairs, it was tiny, like a little attic room. But when I looked out and it was like this round, like typical, like round window that you see in some of those Parisian movies and things, I opened it and looked out and I had a view of the Eiffel Tower and the Champs-Élysées. I was like, holy cow. And, and I promised my mom that I would call to let her know I was safe, right? Because we do those check-in things when we're by ourselves. And I picked up the room phone and I couldn't dial out. And I kept trying. I couldn't get it. I was kind of getting a little frustrated and scared because I was like, I just want to tell my mom I'm okay because she's probably freaking out. And so I couldn't do it. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to get upset. I'm just going to put it down and I'm just going to go to sleep and it'll all be okay in the morning. I woke up in the morning and I'm like, you know, I bet I have to tell the desk clerk I'm going to make an international call. 
that mm. was the problem. Because mm. they had to, like, allow it. So the next mm. morning, I was, like, cool. And I ended up going um, into the main city center, you know. And I had, like, my little my thing printed out of all the places I was going to go. And I ended up meeting a group mm. of grad students on the Champs-Élysées at a cafe because I was sitting there having lunch. And they walked by, and I heard them. And I was like, hey, you guys, you know, are here visiting, too. And they were from the States, like Indiana. And we started talking, like, yeah, we're here on a grad trip and blah, blah, blah. So I was, I was like you, I wasn't going to go out at night Yeah. and I thought, okay, so I, we set a time and a place for us to meet where I could get together with them. And then that way I could do something at night. Oh my gosh, it was so much fun, but I never would have gone by myself at night. Number one. And number two, I had to really start paying attention to like when my gut told me something's hanky, you know? And it, what was interesting is that first hotel that I went into that didn't feel quite right. And I went to the next one. Mm. It was interesting because that night when we were, when I met up with that group, they had said somebody from their group had stayed there and had a really bad experience. Mm. And I'm like, oh, really? I almost mm. stayed there. They're like, ooh, be glad you didn't stay there. It was not good. Oh, my word. So I was like, see? I didn't, I, I trusted my gut somehow, but I wasn't aware of trusting my gut. So trusting your gut when you're traveling right. is real important. Like, okay, so do you feel it in your body? Like, I feel it in my body. It's like tingly and feels really uncomfortable. It's like spidey sense. Mm, yeah. I didn't like, know that's me, what, it, what it was. <laughs> I actually, you know, believe, I, I didn't think that me as, as an autistic person had a good sense of intuition until I finally put two and two together one day. Like I realized that whenever a situation is bad for me, I start feeling a heightened sense of anxiety and I feel closer to a meltdown. And it's one of those situations where it's like, why am I, why do I feel like I wanna have a meltdown? Like when things seem like they're perfect. And anytime I feel overwhelmed and have sensory overload and feel close to a meltdown, that's my spider senses telling me that that's not a good situation. Or, you know, that, person is dangerous or something like that. Oh my gosh, Shalise, I think you probably just had somebody go, oh my gosh, I didn't recognize that. Or I just connected the dot on that. That's a good one. Thank you. Like whenever, you know, you feel yourself, you know, triggered for no, for what seems like no reason, pay attention to that. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good tip. That's a really good tip. So what would you say would be like your final, like big tip? Like this is the one thing that I want every autistic person traveling to know that most people don't think about. You know what? This is the thing that a lot of us don't think about when it comes to, you know, travel and autism. And that is that other people, just because they don't see us as autistic, it's totally okay to ask for help or it's totally okay to, you know, don't be ashamed to ever ask for assistance or, if you are on a flight and telling the flight attendant, hey, I'm autistic and I need this accommodation, like don't be ashamed to do that. You know, because a lot of times people with autism, we think that we're a burden when we're asking for help or we're asking for an accommodation, but don't like, because these people, like the flight attendants, the hotel staff, you know, these people, you know, they're taking your, your dollars too. Like you're paying them as well. They're doing business with you. So you have a right to be comfortable where you're at, wherever you're oh. staying, wherever you're flying or whatever restaurant you're eating. So speak out if you need an accommodation if you need you know anything any type of help don't be afraid to speak out 
Lace. Oh my gosh, that is so good. That's one I've really just started learning. So what are some accommodations like for flights and hotels and restaurants when you're traveling that you have found are available that you're at that you ask for or that we could ask for? I recently, ever since the pandemic hit, I noticed that um, in Marriott, they just started doing this too, but I first noticed Hilton was doing the digital check-in where, you know, you would book your room, um, you would choose your room even, you know, put your credit card information in, check in, and then they'll send you the digital key so you can skip the process of going to the desk altogether. I find mm -hmm. that after a long flight, I don't always feel like interacting with human beings. And I don't want to stand in line because I get anxious sometimes standing in line and waiting. And so that eliminates that for me. Like that self-check-in is such a godsend. And I hope they keep that. Me and too. I noticed, I noticed Marriott just started doing that too. Thank God it's about time they did it. <laughs> that is awesome. So what are some accommodations that airlines have? Airlines, um, so far from what I'm seeing, airlines, you know, you could. I guess request, you know, certain snacks, or mm -hmm. you could request, um, um, how do I say this? I think you could request to sit in a seat where it's less noisy, like a, a seat where it's away from more of the, the sound in the airplane. You yeah. would probably request to do that, which um, I find that helpful personally. And um, most of the time, unfortunately with flights, because it's not a lot that I see them doing with accommodations i think that a lot of it has to do with self-accommodation uh, like bringing your own headphones to yeah. cancel noise yeah um and bringing your own like stim simulation toys mm -hmm. yes and even you know i also like the fact that when they read the directions you know about what to do in an emergency that they have it actually written on a screen too just in case you need it to see it rather than listen to it yes so i like the fact that they have that option too I love that. Those are such great tips. And so one of the things that Shalise and I are planning is for the spring, guys, we're going to do a special travel segment and we're going to talk about some of those financial things because Shalise has got yeah. some amazing insights and tips on how to save, how to plan, how to budget and how to craft so that you can travel because that's a big yeah. one. So many of us have these dreams and we want to travel, but we don't know how Absolutely. to make it happen. This is a big one for us too. And this is something me personally, I find this a big deal because Okay, like autistic people, a lot of us, unfortunately, statistically speaking, they say that 85% of us are unemployed or underemployed, yeah. which does not make it easy to afford to travel. Yeah. And so that is why I do talk a lot about creative ways to save or, you know, creative ways to earn money for travel. Well, I'm all for it because I'm one of those on a really tight budget. So. <laughs> and I love to travel, so I cannot wait to do this with you. So, Shalise, as we're wrapping up, you know, my big question at the end is always, what is one thing that you would like to share with the autistic person next to you that's just joined our community? What would you like them to know about their journey as they begin? First of all, the most important thing that I think that they should know on their journey is that first, you're going to be probably afraid and you're probably, you know, seeking acceptance and you're probably worried that, you know, people aren't going to accept me and do I have to pretend to be something that I'm not in order to get friends and be accepted? But I'm here to tell you that you don't have to do any of that. Like anybody who does not accept you and who does not welcome you, that's a clue that they're not the people for you. Your people will accept you for who you are. You don't have to be, you don't have to, you know, hide or mask or, you know, hide your autism. As a matter of fact, whenever I meet people, 
a good test to see if they belong in my life is if I tell them I'm autistic. And if they go running for the hills, that's just a sign that they don't need to be in my life. If they stick around, yeah, those are my people. Oh, I love it. I love it. So and you know, the, <laughs> absolutely. You know, that's what I call self pruning. And I, no, I love that. I, I'm okay. I was like, not everybody has to like me. I'm okay right. with that. You know, that's what I I'm, did when I was dating. Like, actually, when I was in college, I tried to date. I would do that with guys. I would use that as a determining factor as to who I, it was worth me dating. Wow, I like it. I like it. So there's a hot dating tip out there too, guys. And, you know, <laughs> just a little hint. That might be something she and I will be talking about too. Yeah. <laughs> Because she's got some cool stuff in the works. Shalise Hurd, thank you for being here. You are truly the autistic travel goddess. For you to connect and, and get more of these amazing things, some tips, some great pictures, because, oh my gosh, she does incredible reviews. She shares some of the best things that she finds on her travels. Guys, she's on Instagram. She's on Facebook. She's got all kinds of stuff, and I'm going to have them in the show notes below. If you love to travel, if you just want to travel in your mind and experience these beautiful places, go connect with Shalise. She is totally your person. Thank you for having me, Carol. Oh, it has been my pleasure, and we are going to be doing this again for sure. Thank you yes. so much. Thank Guys, you. tune in next week. I'm going to have more of like a short little graphic um, put together. So it kind of gives you some of these travel tips from Shalise. It'll be a little bit easier and you can use it kind of like a checklist for your traveling for the holidays. So we'll be sure to have that in the show notes below as well for you to connect with. Because I always like to try and share a little something from our guest. And so those will be there for you. Be sure you have a really fun time. Remember that timetables are not always precise. Make sure you take those backup things, take your snacks, make sure you've got your stuff with you, like your STEM tools, make sure you've got your stuffy or something that makes you feel comfortable and helps ground you in the process. And be sure that as you're going, trust your gut. Because sometimes when you feel that twinge, there's a reason and you can trust right. it. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, Shalise. Guys, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. If you are someone who likes to help people and share what has made a difference in your life, please share this talk show with a friend and on your social media accounts so that you can be the blessing in another late identified autistic's life. Be sure to tag me at Social Audie so I can personally say thank you. And to help keep the talk show ad-free, please consider becoming a one-time or recurring supporter through either Buy Me a Coffee or the Anchor Podcast links in the show notes below. I truly appreciate your support. Thank you for being a listener and thank you for adding your voice to our story.